Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 in our series Logistics in Motion. And with me today again is Peter Hawkins. And with me again today is Arno Mello. Hi Peter, we're back here again at another episode. And today we're going to talk about a couple of things and I think we should start by telling everyone basically the crisis that we're facing worldwide with um, ocean freight prices out of China, out of Europe, out of South America. What do you think? I think you're right. And I think we should call this episode Christmas is Coming. <laughs> <laughs> because what's really happening is Christmas may be coming, but your gifts may not be. It really is a complicated and difficult time. And it's really difficult for all the different uh, um, store owners and people who are trying to do retail who have been ordering things. And it's been, uh, you know, one month delayed, two months delayed, four months delayed and there's really nothing they can do about it because what boils down to is with every time there's a new incidence of covid happening back in the world's uh, manufacturer of china um, things are shut down we just had a terminal shut down in ningbo it uh, came back by that point there had been even more delays in a situation that was already really crazy and so when we first started our company everybody said to us well what's logistics and now everybody knows what's logistics. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's just terrible what we're facing right now, or or any freight forwarders facing right now. Because um, you know, in 2019, if we we like to give examples, the price of freight from a, a port in China to Toronto was averaging a thousand dollars US on a 20 foot container, maybe 1400 on a 40 foot container. And last week, one of our clients had to pay $27,000 US just for the freight on a 40-foot container from China to Toronto because, you know, they have a Walmart contract, they have a Costco contract, and they needed, you know, their product here, so they had to pay. And of course, we hear from some clients, they call us and say, oh, can you give us a price from China? Can you do this and that? But... And then we give them the prices that our agents um, are, are getting. And the client turns to us and says, well, but you know what? I have it for 10000 I have for 8000 And I'm like, okay, at those prices, your container are never be loaded into, into a ship because there is a premium price now um, for your container to actually get on the ship. And that's the scariest part of this $27,000 freight charge. You know, it's funny because we had some uh, issues with prices increasing anyway, because uh, some ships were out of commission, so there were fewer ships. And then as shipping lines found it was actually not worthwhile to stay and get the cargo in North America to take back to Asia, they were actually skipping um, a lot of American ports, and then that became a problem. And then we had the problem of all the ships uh, waiting to get a berth in order to unload, and so there'd be uh, as many as 30 ships waiting, lining up at a port to unload. And of course, then on top of that, with not enough staff, because staff has, um, is ill. And on, on top of that, we have a huge backlog of containers already sitting on the dock. It has become a very, very complicated world. And um, part of the problem is, of course, um, places in Asia, particularly China, have done such a great job marketing and providing the goods that um, when there is a bottleneck in the supply chain, 
it can't get to market. And yes, it will it resolve? Absolutely. Will it resolve itself by Christmas? Absolutely not. No, it won't, because as you said, you know, people are sick, the ships get to ports, they cannot offload, then they get fed up and, you know, instead of waiting 15 days, 20 days, they'd say, look, we're not going to stop here, we're going to go to another port and hopefully we'll offload some containers there and then, you know, eventually we'll come back and, you know, it creates this entire delay chain around the world of these ships not able to offload their containers. And the other issue here is, uh, of course, not only the high price of containers coming out of China to North America, but um, steamship lines uh, in North America are taking back containers to China empty. So they are saying, oh, I don't have equipment. I don't have a container to give it to you, shipper in Canada. Uh, and it's a lie. Of course, there are empty containers sitting at the port, but the steamship lines are so... Uh, hungry to make a profit they're taking the empty containers back to china because then they can charge 25 to 27000 for the freight coming back this way and this has been terrible and you know i can name a few steamship lines who are doing just a horrible job in communicating and lying and actually you know making even more profit on a, on a desperate situation that we are all, you know, living at the moment. You know, it's interesting, too, that uh, you can still find people who can get um, a lower price, but these are prices based on existing contracts, and these contracts are all expiring now. And so now that they're expiring, they may quote you on, say, twelve or $13,000, and... Um, uh, but by the time you actually book, and if you actually want that container on the ship, the price is going to increase, so there'll be a premium. It really is a market that is uh, a little bit terrifying, to be honest with you. Yeah, and we don't see uh, this situation ending this year. We were hoping, of course, in 2020, we we're talking about you know the disasters and the crisis and delays, and we we're like, oh no, 2021, things are are going to get better. And actually, there are worse. So we really hope that worldwide, uh, more people get vaccinated, then crews are not going to get sick on ships. Ships are going to be able to offload their containers. They're going to be able to restore their routes and uh, the prices eventually uh, are going to come down. But do we see this happening before Christmas? Absolutely not. And maybe not even uh, February or March uh, next year. Um, we hope that things get to a, a different normal. Many people say to us, why use a freight forwarder? And um, uh, because they say, oh, we can do it ourselves. Well, in fact, you can do it yourself in some, to some degree, but to the level of having contacts, having contacts for pricing, having contacts for routes, having contacts to actually get your container and your air freight moving, it uh, requires that unique knowledge that a freight forwarder has. And so I am proud that I can say that we are freight forwarders and we do have specialized knowledge. But we had a very interesting reminder this week um, and Arno, I think you could tell us a, a little story about what happened uh, uh, with a client uh, who was, while it was not our client, we ended up uh, getting some very um, intimate knowledge with the situation. So it was, you know, interesting this uh, past week, I got a, a phone call from the um, CCBC, 
Um, the CCPC is the Chamber of Commerce Brazil Canada based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So they called asking if I would speak to um, one of their clients about a situation that he was having. He had shipped 10 containers from Brazil to Montreal. And um, when the product was on the ship uh, in the Atlantic coming to Canada, their client in Canada basically called the customer in Brazil and said, um, you know what, we don't want the product anymore. And here, you know, the client has 10 containers loaded on the ship on the way to Montreal, almost, uh, you know, uh, the ship is almost at Montreal and the customer here has refused the product. Terrible, terrible situation, which is, you know, we don't see that happening very often because, you know, depending on the Inco terms you shipped, uh, that's exactly why Inco terms are so important because there is a responsibility between the shipper and uh, and the buyer, of course. So I don't know all the details and circumstances of the contract, but basically the cargo arrived in Canada, it got off the ship, and the client in Brazil relied only on the steamship line to basically turn around the 10 containers and ship them back to Brazil. Well, this situation happened last November, and to this day, the containers are still at the port of Montreal. This customer in Brazil has paid over 120,000 US dollars in the merge and storage of these containers here in Canada, and this is not even resolved. And the worst part of it is that the customer couldn't really tell where the containers were, who had the containers. And as Peter said, the freight forwarder has so much uh, knowledge and is able to help in so many ways. And uh, a lot of people rely on steamship lines to ship their product and then perhaps deliver the container to the customer, which is a very simple procedure. But when you have a refusal of a product from a client, when you have a, a possible confiscation from customs in Canada, you need a freight forwarder who has a bond in order to act on your behalf and go and speak to customs and go and pick up these containers from the port and take it to a bonded warehouse and offload and return the container so the merge can can stop. And there's so many things that could have been done on this situation. And uh, the customer, I think, was very naive to leave it to the steamship line uh, to help them. And as we know it, at this moment, it is not resolved and uh, storage is still counting and let's see what's going to happen because I am sure it's going to be a legal procedure here uh, why these containers were not returned you know sooner than later. You know it's a complicated issue and so while we don't have all the details the de one detail we do know is that there was no forwarder involved because the forwarder would step in and is always trying to save money. Now, I get people all the time saying, why would I pay a middleman? Well, you're going to pay a middleman because the uh, to avoid any kind of craziness like this. So in the sales contract, what clearly has happened is there was no guarantee the client needed to accept the cargo. So the Inco term was not clear because the responsibility and the ownership of the cargo was not clearly not indicated. And in addition to that, the letting the the shipping line determine when to return stuff, well, they're totally within their legal rights to pick a time at their convenience. Mm -hmm. And if their convenience is a year from now, well, you're going to have to pay the storage fees. So they're making profit all over the place. 
and uh, and you're out. And on top of that, even if there is some kind of abandonment, there will still be a repercussion. So it's very important to resolve things quickly, to stay on top of things, and it's very important to use professionals who know what they're doing and will take action on your behalf. It's clear during this pandemic um, how many people that uh, relied only on a steamship line to ship something via ocean and never wanted to use a freight forwarder, how much they suffered with extra charges. Because again, a steamship line has limited capacity and rights when speaking to customs on behalf of a client. Uh, they don't have a customs broker that works for them. They, they don't have the bond as a freight forwarder does. So there's many, many limitations and the client thinking that, oh no, I, I, you know, I'm not going to pay a freight forwarder a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars to handle my container to deliver or whatever when I can do all of this with a steamship line. And we see it more and more scenarios like the one we just described about these 10 containers where you know something that was supposed to be very simple became a total nightmare and they paid this $120,000 I think maybe two months after the containers arrived in Canada and it's still not resolved so you can imagine how much that bill is going to be in order to take possession of those uh, those products. We had an interesting case too. We had a client who was um, a little bit complicated, and uh, but we were able to make the um, appropriate uh, uh, arrangements to ship their cargo, and um, and then the client left us and um, wasn't responding to calls and all that stuff. And okay, sometimes that happens. And uh, finally, I was able to get a hold of the client, and I, I wanted to know like what was the situation. And um, the client was really kind of angry with us and said, you know, we tried uh, uh, many things and, uh, you know, you always required more documentation. You always required um, compliance. And we have found a way to get it in and we're able to uh, do our international shipments now, you know, with, with far less documentation. So what the client revealed, of course, is they're smuggling. And so smuggling the stuff, of course, is not what we do. There is documentation. There are reasons why there is documentation. Sometimes, um, depending on who it is, it is, uh, you know, enhancing profit. But more often than not, it is compliance with legal rules. It is making sure that the shipper is following the rules, that the receiver is following the rules, and that we're following the rules. And um, it is, uh, uh, this is a complicated time. This is not the time to be a cowboy and just to uh, uh, start doing uh, international shipping wild, wild west where you make up your own rules. Yeah, shortcuts are, are, are not the time to be um, played with now because there's so many variables. There's Imagine supply chain is about planning, planning in advance, planning, planning um, the cost of your shipment, uh, the transit. There's so many variables. And now there is so many things that are delayed and prices that are so high, it's becoming more and more difficult to actually put on a spreadsheet all the cost involved on a shipment because um, we don't know next week what the steamship lines or airlines are going to turn to us and say, by the way, your rate now is this. Um, there is no contracts, as Peter said. There is no um, solid rates. They're, they're just changing daily. And we feel for our clients, we feel for everyone that is trying to buy and sell products internationally, but it is more than ever a time to 
to plan ahead and, and actually listen to the news. Talk to your freight forwarder, to your agents to see what's happening in the market because sometimes you see a, a news flash on, on, your, on your local news, but guess what? Uh, by the time the, the news got a hold of a, of a tragedy in supply chain, uh, you know, many tragedies happened already. Like, you know, it's only like the big splashy things that you end up hearing on TV. But we deal with um, delays and serious disasters every single day. So it's best if a customer talks to their agent about, you know, wh what is the market like? And that's how you're going to um, have any sense of planning. I think it's really important that um, everybody who is going to do some international shipping, some importing or some exporting, educate yourself. Educate yourself. That's the short and the long of it. You have to pay attention to the news. You have to pay attention to what the requirements are. You have to learn what incoterms are. Because the more you know about your business the better it is going to be for you. And so you can explain to your clients what the real holdup is, so you can manage your orders, you can plan. Arno is right. Supply chain is planning. Everything is about planning. And if you can do that, even in this time of upheaval, there are still things you can control. If you can do that and educate yourself and prepare yourself and get those things organized the way they really mm. should be, then at least you're going to be ahead of the person who is, you know, stuck with cargo that's been stuck since November of last year. You're going to be ahead of the people who haven't done it. You really must do it. It's tough. It's complicated. But you still can get business happening. Now, with all these terrible horror stories, stuff is getting through. Stuff is arriving. And, um, you know, generally it is the big players and their stuff is arriving. They're paying a premium and um, they're yeah. getting it here, but they can afford to. But some of the smaller players are too, through consolidations and things like that. You know, some smaller shippers are getting their products um, on. And uh, uh, again, it's using professionals at every stage of the game that's making it happen. So that's why Christmas is coming. So we're kind of uh, curious what what shelves are going to look like for Christmas. And uh, you know, we we're shopping today, and you know, we went to a couple of stores, and you know, the the variety of products were not on the shelf as we normally see it. So I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope um, you know we don't see a spike in in the co in our cost of living in Canada because of supply chain. But I don't know. I, I think um, until next year, until these prices come down, I don't see companies buying and selling a lot of products because the cost of freight is so outrageous. So that's it for now. That's our story. And um, I think it was kind of a sad, traumatic horror story story. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next, our next one, let's do something upbeat and positive. Okay, Arno? <laughs> I know. No, but it's not always about upbeat and positive and funny. We have many, many, uh, many stories. But this is, it's, uh, you know, we, we try to convey here the, the how important it is for people to use incoterms Put those inco terms on a contract, and um, uh, so so you, the shipper, and you, the buyer, know exactly where you stand when you have a problem between yourselves, right? And in this case of the ten containers, I am sure that if something, I mean, again, I haven't seen the contract, but I, it's just it it, it shocks me that uh, 
things of this nature can be refused and no legal accountability was done uh, on the part of the, the Canadian importer that left the shipper hanging with 10 containers in this situation. So having contract, having incoterms laid out, it's crucial when a problem arises. So anyway, we come to the end of episode seven. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. We're thrilled that you are listening to us all over the world. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Arnaud.